You're listening to Theology for the Rest of Us. You've got tough questions. We'll try to give you easy answers. Now, here's your host, Kenny Ortiz. Welcome back to the Theology for the Rest of Us podcast. I'm your host, Kenny Ortiz, coming at you from beautiful Orlando, Florida. On the line today with a pastor from the other side of the country. Uh, he's in Tucson, Arizona. He is a church planner, uh, planted a church about seven years ago, Revolution Church in Tucson. He's a lead pastor there. He's also the author of a recent book called Breathing Room. I am on the line today with Josh Reich. Josh, how are you feeling today, brother? Hey, good, man. Thanks for having me on, Kenny. I uh, really appreciate you taking time. You are a pastor, author. You know, you're also a parent. Uh, you've got five kids, yep. th- three biological, three adopted, or two adopted, and so... Uh, because three plus two is five, not three plus three. Right? <laughs> but uh, so t- taking time out from pastoring and and being an author as well as being a parent of five, taking time out to invest in the audience is a big deal. So thank you very, very much. Um, excited to dive in. We, we got a chance to just talk briefly over the last few minutes uh, before we just started recording uh, about your most recent book that I think is really going to uh, be helpful to a lot of people because you're attacking or you're addressing a topic that I think is extremely important for all people, but particularly those of us who live in uh, Western society. And so the book is called Breathing Room, and you really kind of really address the idea that Jesus promises us uh, or is, is inviting us to live this overflowing, abundant life, but yet it seems like many of us don't live that out. So tell us a little bit kind of like what is the problem that you see in the lives of many people that you've interacted with and, and why you wrote this book? Yeah. Well, I— I meet so many people who are tired, they're run down, they're, they're overwhelmed, uh, whether it's their calendar, um, how many relationships and friendships they're trying to keep up on, uh, chaperoning and carting their kids to uh, so many different activities, and they're on a, a bunch of different committees and PTAs. And, and then as well, when you dive deeper into their lives, you start to see that, that they're really unhappy, that they're struggling to let go of past hurts, they're struggling to deal with Uh, emotions and things that happened decades ago that just continue to wear them down and continue to to keep them in this really unhealthy cycle. And so the goal of the book is to say, you know, throughout the New Testament, Jesus promises this overflowing abundant life and he promises freedom. And most people who attend church claim to follow Jesus never really scratch the surface of the freedom that Jesus has for them. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so the book is really to just help people move into that. And, and once you find that freedom, once, once you begin to understand that, to really see how you can live in that really for the rest of your life, uh, something that is sustainable. Man, I really, I, I think it's so key that you mentioned it's not just necessarily things in front of us. I think it's easy for us to assume, well, I'm just busy. It's my calendar. And you mentioned that. Yeah. The, the committees, the PTA, the, the taking kids to soccer games. I mean, the, the litany of things that kind of come up. But it's not, it doesn't just stop there. There's, there's all sorts of other things that I think people probably don't realize. Yeah. Um, and so, how, how does someone go about maybe discovering, or like, you know, if I'm a regular person and, and I claim to love Jesus, maybe I really do have some real love for Jesus. Maybe I'm a regular church attender, but I just feeling run down. How do yeah. I go about kind of diagnosing some of the issues that maybe I don't even realize are there? Sure. Well, I think one of the things that happens so many times when we talk about getting out of debt or, or, or losing weight or, um, or managing your calendar, which are all things that, that, that I walk through in the book, 
we simply jump from here's the problem to here's the solution and here's just three tips to control your life or, um, or to get your finances in order. But I, I think we skip a crucial question of asking, why do I do the things that I do? How did I end up in this place? Why is it that um, it's so hard for me to control my emotions? Or why is it that I struggle to be alone? Or why is it that I can't slow down? Um, I, I remember when I first started to preach about this at our church, a woman came up to me and she said, I can tell you exactly why I'm afraid to slow down and, and have any time on a Sabbath day. And she said, I'm afraid of the silence and what I'll have to deal with and what will come up. Wow. And I, I think for a lot of people, that's true. It, it's, it's so much easier to just keep going, to just keep running, um, and to just try to leave everything in the past, to just try to leave everything um, where it used to be. And so for me, Breathing Room really comes out of my story because when we planted our church, I weighed about 300 pounds and um, had an enormous food addiction. And in the first 18 months of our church, lost 130 pounds and have kept it off. And wow. really, it was when I began to understand how my past um, didn't stay in my past and how it was keeping me from experiencing the freedom and life that Jesus had for me. So that's really just the hope that I have for readers when they dive into breathing room. Wow. So, okay. So I, I, don't, I don't think I realized the full scope of all that you had, you know, kind of what, what the story was there. And so... I mean, a hundred, it's 130 pounds is a lot of weight. Yeah. It's like a member of one direction. So, I mean, it's, <laughs> that is classic. I, mean, that's, that's, I think that's more than one of the members, yeah. <laughs> members of the, of the band. Uh, that's classic. Okay. So, so you plant the church. Um, this is about seven years ago. Yeah. Um, you, you go through this process, you, you lose a bunch of weight and, and then, but, but, but you, you mentioned something. It wasn't just about weight. I, I, I'm, I'm hearing in you. It was more. It was there was some identity issue, or there's there's some there were deeper issues kind of rolling around in your heart and mind that you seem yeah. to be attacking and addressing there. Um, can you unpack a little bit for for audience, like just a little bit of understanding what were some of the emotions maybe you were feeling as you approached that season and kind of going through that season? Yeah, I mean, when we planted our church, I mean, for me, I I looked to food as this comfort when things were out of control in my life, and and with food, for example, we even call it comfort food, so we even like identify an idol um, with food. And so um, I, I started to see that when, um, that when things weren't going the way that I wanted them to at our church, in our family, or in a conversation, or I couldn't control something, food was something that I would turn to. Um, and, and, and people do this all the time. You know, we, we work uh, you know, 60, 70, 80 hours a week, so that way someone will tell us that we're worthwhile um, so many people will starve themselves so that someone will say, Hey, you're beautiful. You know, I'm proud of you. Um, I, I meet so many college students at our church who, when you ask them what their major is and, and they tell you and you say, Oh man, like, how'd you get into that? Or, are you excited about that? And they'll look at you and say, no, I, I'm doing this major because my dad majored in this and, uh, I, I want him to be proud of me. Wow. And, and so there's so many underlying things that, uh, that we don't even realize um, why we're doing the things that we're doing, why we feel the things that we're feeling. And, and, and so what I started to do was I tried to push down my feelings. Um, and uh, I still remember when we planted our church and joined Acts 29, I had to take a personality test. And it said that my personality was a robot without emotions um, because I had so pushed down um, just anything that would make me feel. Um, and, and so really what I hope people 
you know, experience with this. I mean, that's the freedom in life that Jesus has for us is that you have to face your past. Um, and until you can face all your shame, all your regret, all your guilt, everything that you're trying to leave in the past, until you can face that, um, you can experience freedom. And, and one, one thing that we came across when we were planting our church, which was incredibly helpful, is that w- whatever you don't own from your past will begin to own you. Wow. And, and so to just to begin to understand that. Um, and so one of the stories that I point to in the book is in John 2, it's Jesus' first miracle. And, and it's when he turns the water into wine at the wedding. And, and what that's all about is how he replaces our shame and guilt and regret with joy. Um, and if you, meet, if you talk to so many people who attend church, uh, they could be in church for 50 years, and they are the most joyless people on the planet. Wow, um, yeah. And yet the first miracle of Jesus is to bring us joy, to bring us life. And we're just shameful, regret-filled, we're guilt-ridden, um, and, and it's just incredibly sad. Yeah, I, I, man, this is a great point. I, I, think, I think what you just said is exactly right. Um, I, I've often used the word tragic also. I mean, because uh, I don't believe, as, as you've clearly said, this is not the ideal. This is, this, was yeah. not, this is not how Jesus envisioned his church functioning and living. Yeah. Uh, so you've mentioned um, you know, kind of being uh, you know, people having food addictions or finding comfort in food. You mentioned kind of a workaholic, people who, you know, people who work 70, 80 hours a week for the affirmation. Uh, what are some of the other areas that maybe you've seen people kind of run to to look for sort of satisfaction or, or affirmation? Yeah, well, I mean, it happens in relationships. I mean, it happens with uh, people who can't be alone. Um, you meet so many people who are incredibly lonely who try to find um, just that affirmation or joy um, through through porn or through through other relationships and means. Um, how we get ourselves into so much financial debt um, is another thing that we look to. I mean, we we love that kind of rise that comes from buying something new and getting the latest gadget. Um, and so so many, I think it just happens in so many different ways that we've become numb to because they're just what everybody does. It's just a normal part of our American experience, um, that, that we don't realize anymore that it's really robbing us of joy. Mm, man, that's really, really great. Um, so I love you've covered really kind of the, the, the larger view, man. Jesus certainly died, died to, to purchase our salvation. It's awesome. But it goes beyond that. We can have a life here that is filled with joy. I love that you point to John too. As I mean, this is his first public miracle. This is the the coming out party for the Son of God, and he shouts a statement, as you've said so well. Uh, and many of us obviously don't live that out. Uh, and so, this is some great ideas. What are some maybe some practical tips or things that you might point people to uh, to kind of help them as they kind of go on a journey to really develop some breathing room in their life? Yeah, I, I would say to try to be as simple as possible about it. I think what happens a lot of times is we'll we'll come across an idea or we'll think, man, you know what, you know, I'm this is the year that I'm gonna get out of debt, I'm gonna lose weight, and I'm gonna do this. We create like five goals that overwhelm us and we can't actually deal with any of them. And so um to really just look at, okay, what's the one thing right now that I can that I can see that is robbing me of joy. And so for, for me, seven years ago, it was my weight and it had to do with, with food and what I looked to food. And so uh, I could have tried to tackle four things in that season, but I just went for one. I just went for what I thought was the heart of the issue uh, for me. And so I think just identifying that. And then one of the things that I walk through in the book is just how 
how to figure out where that started, where that came from. A lot of it comes from our family of origin, uh, things that we don't often think about. Um, asking people around us, hey, why do you think, when I react like this, what, what's going on? When I fly off the handle, when I can't control my temper, when I shut down and don't want to be a part of the discussion anymore, how does that happen? Why does that happen? And start to, to answer some of those questions. Um, and once you begin to identify that, you start to see this is what I'm putting my hope and trust in to save me and give me life. Now, I, eight years ago, I never would have said, you know, I look to food to save me and give me life. But yet, that's what I was doing. That's what I was hoping would happen. Um, and, and so I think those are just some hopefully tangible things that people could do. Um, and, and one of the things that, that I think is really helpful is to begin imagining if John 10.10 10 is true, where Jesus says, I have come to give you life that is overflowing, and I believe that that's true, and, and, and so if you look at your life and think, if that was true in my life, what would my life look like in 6 to 12 months? What would my life look like in this area that, is, um, that I, I can't find freedom in? What, what would my life look like in my marriage, finances, my career? Uh, this past hurt, what would my life look like if, if Jesus' words of, I've come to give you life that's overflowing, if that was true in my life, what would it look like? Um, and, and so that starts to give you a really tangible, gospel-centered um, look at what Jesus is trying to do. Man, that's some really great thoughts. I want to encourage every person, like, if you, if you didn't hear that, that, those are some profound thoughts. What's the one area robbing me of joy um, what, what, what's that? And then really begin to paint the picture in my mind. Like if this is true, if John 10, 10 is true and we, we believe it is, it is it's the inspired word of God. Um, then what could my life look like six months from now, nine months, 12 months two whatever, you know, whatever that timeline looks like. Um, I, I think if someone really goes on that path and really allows himself to kind of begin to take that journey, uh, what profound difference that can make in the lives of many people. Um, man, it's really, really good stuff. Josh, we're winding down our time here. Uh, before, before we take off, uh, if you're sitting, you know, let's say you're, you're sitting around, you're sitting across the table, having coffee with, uh, with someone and, and there's only, you know, one thing you want them to walk away with. You say, you know, what's the, here's the one thing I want you to not forget from, from anything I've said or anything I haven't said. What's the one thing you'd want to, that, you know, to stick with them? Yeah, I would say, uh, just this idea that if you look at your life in any area of your life and you feel like you're being robbed of joy, then that's an area of your life. Um, that you're not bringing to Jesus. Because um, every area of our life, you know, in Jesus should be filled with joy. Um, it doesn't mean that it's going to be easy. It doesn't mean that it's not going to maybe take a difficult conversation or some difficult steps. Um, but all areas of our life ultimately should lead us to joy because that's what Jesus promises us in this life and in the life to come. Man, that's some really, really great stuff. Um, I want to highly, highly encourage any person listening to this. You feel like anything Josh has said has resonated. Um, get a copy of the book. It's called Breathing Room, Stressing Less and Living More. You can find it obviously on Amazon or anywhere books are sold. Uh, also, the book will be on sale uh, starting June 1st. So if you're listening to this right when this has gone live, over the next few days and over the next two weeks, it will be on sale. Right, June 1st through June 13th. Is that correct? Yep. It will be on sale on the Kindle version on Amazon. You can feel free to uh, go over to Amazon, buy the Kindle version at a discounted rate. If you're listening to this after that, head over to our website, theologyfortherestofus.com. Look at the show notes. Click the link. That'll take you right to the page 
where you can purchase a copy for that. Uh, Josh, if there's anyone listening to this that is looking for additional resources in addition to your book, any other resources you'd like to recommend to them? Yeah, I mean, you can find a lot of stuff on my blog that I just walk through, especially as it relates to um, weight loss and the gospel. Um, I think that's a topic that doesn't get talked about a lot is just mm -hmm. how weight loss and body image and the gospel intersect. And so that's that's something I write a lot about that uh, has seemed to strike a chord with a lot of people, um, especially guys, because most uh, Christian resources about weight loss tend to be geared towards women. And so, um, so I'd say that one of the books when I was writing Breathing Room that was really helpful for my wife and I was a book called Essentialism. Um, it's a business book. Um, I think it's written by Greg McCown, and that was just a really helpful book to look at what's essential in your life. It's, it's not from a gospel perspective at all, um, but just has a lot of helpful things in it that, that really spurred us on in our journey as well. It's exciting to hear that you were going through a journey, didn't, didn't have a whole lot of great gospel-centric books, so you wrote one. That's, that's fantastic. <laughs> that's fantastic. Uh, I love that. Um, uh, Josh, I want to let you go. Before I do, if anyone is listening to this and would like to connect with you or just kind of follow you on social media and keep up with all things Josh Reich, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, my website is joshuareich.org. It's R-E-I-C-H. And on Twitter, it's Joshua Reich. So I'd love to be able to connect with you if there's a way that I could help or serve you um, in your journey um, or celebrate along with you as you find freedom. would love to be able to do that. And so, yeah, look forward to connecting with you. Great, and we will have all that information also, again, in the show notes for this episode over at the site, theologyfortherestofus.com. Josh Reich, thank you so much for taking time out and investing in our audience. I really, really appreciate it. I think this, I think this content is going to be really inspiring for, uh, for a lot of different folks. Awesome. Thanks, man. Glad to be here. And there you have it, my interview with Josh Reich. Uh, really walked away with a lot of incredible insights and I want to highly, highly encourage every single person to really chase after Jesus and try to cultivate a relationship with him uh, that really allows for you to experience the abundant life that Jesus promises. And you do that uh, by finding breathing room, uh, really taking some of the wisdom that Josh gave us, applying it to our lives, cutting out things that, are, that maybe are distractions, uh, really uh, allowing ourselves to develop healthy habits, both for our physical bodies and for our, our emotions and our souls. I thought Josh gave just some incredible wisdom. So I want to highly, highly encourage every person get a copy of the book. Uh, we are posting this episode on June uh, 7th. And so the book has been on sale from the beginning of June and will be on sale of uh, the Kindle version on Amazon uh, up until June 13th. So if you're listening to this in that time frame, uh, feel free to head over there and buy a copy. Uh, otherwise, head over to our website, look at the show notes for this, click on the link that'll take you right over to the page where you can find a copy of Josh Reich's book. I want to highly encourage you. Again, it's called Breathing Room. Before I let you go, just a, a few quick reminders. Number one, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Maybe you stumbled across this on social media. Maybe you're even listening to this uh, inside the browser of Facebook or Twitter. Uh, either way, I want to highly encourage you to head over to whatever podcast app you're familiar with, search for the podcast, and hit that subscribe button. That is really important because when you're subscribed, it guarantees that you never miss an episode because every episode gets delivered directly to your device. So head over and make sure you are subscribed. 
Also, if you have a question or a topic that you'd like me to address on the podcast, or maybe you know someone that would be a great podcast interview guest, uh, please feel free to shoot me an email. The best address is heyortiz at theologyfortherestofus.com. That's H-E-Y-O-R-T-I-Z at theologyfortherestofus.com. One other quick reminder, I love Twitter and I love connecting with people on Twitter. So if you're on Twitter, please find me. My Twitter handle is at Kenneth Ortiz. It's K-E-N-N-E-T-H-O-R-T-I-Z. I'd love to connect with you there. I'm Kenny Ortiz and this has been Theology for the Rest of Us. 